Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today we have Courtney from Coco Clem Shop with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. It's so fun to like finally meet. I say this like every time, but meeting social media friends. Well, I guess not even in real life. This is still virtual, but still so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've I've been watching your YouTube videos and I don't know. You're just really inspiring. You do. Yeah, I don't know. Like you are just so good with like all things social media and you've really just like built yourself up. Thank you. I don't know. You're just really smart. (laughs) No, thank you. I would say likewise. I feel like you give really great, like honest business advice, at least like on TikTok from like what I I think that's probably how I found you. Um, I feel like you just give very honest opinions about like business and you know fashion and like the realities of it which I feel like not a lot of people like to talk about um but you're very transparent with it and I obviously love that because I'm the same way so thank you yeah I mean I'm self-taught and I think part of me sharing that just comes from me wondering if other people have the same experiences totally yeah because TikTok has really been like um such a amazing resource for connecting with people and seeing their process and especially people you know like you who have a different background and went to fashion school and mm-hmm. um yeah just like seeing all these people do things from in different ways but essentially coming to the same like goal you know right yeah yeah I find it fascinating on the other like side of it like you being self-taught and doing all of it I'm like wow that's so cool that people (laughs) can do that like it's cool to see that there's not like one specific path you have to take to get to the same place like it can go so many different ways yeah yeah there's so many different ways to do one thing exactly I think a lot of people can get hung up on feeling like you have to do things in a certain order, which like, yes, it does help if you kind of know an outline so you don't make a bunch of unnecessary, well, I don't even want to say unnecessary mistakes, but it can be expensive to learn on your own, but it's also expensive to go to school. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it goes both ways. Um, I think it just totally depends on like who you are as a person and what works best for you. But um, all that being said, to those who don't know who you are, we should probably give some background. Um, So yeah, give us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. So I'm Courtney. My shop is called Coco Clem. I specialize in textile design, but I make swimwear at the moment and I'm kind of branching out into designing some more clothes and trying to get more into textile design and licensing out my textiles and illustrations for other brands to use on their products. Um, And I, you know, create garments from extra small to 6X with made to measure options. That is so cool. Um, First of all, I love that you do your own like illustrations for your patterns and stuff. I think that's like such a cute like added touch too because I feel you don't expect that as much. 
Um, so love that. That came first. That's like, yeah, that came first, but I started making my own stuff because I didn't want to use society six where everyone's stuff looks the same. The quality isn't that great. (laughs) Um, and essentially like you really don't know if they're sustainable. So you're paying a bunch of money just for your stuff to look like everyone else's. And I wanted a little bit more creative control, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you for that. I would probably do the same if I were a textile designer, which I am not, but, um, (laughs) so cool that you can do that. What made you want to choose swimwear specifically? Uh, (laughs) okay. So when I first developed my textile designs, first it started off as a drawing challenge and I was like, oh, this would be so cool on clothes. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know how, so this was 2018 and I had learned how to sew in 2014, 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, Long story short, like I ended up interning for a brand, learned how to sew. I wasn't quick enough, so I got fired. (laughs) Well, it wasn't that like dramatic, but um, understandable if you're you're not efficient. Right. Brand money. And then um, so I got discouraged and stopped sewing. And then I did a so I was like, I'm going to do illustration. I'm going to be an illustrator. And then I did a drawing challenge. And then the only day for or like the only way for me to keep up with drawing every day was if I did something repetitive. So then that's how repeat patterns became a thing. And then, um, so, so I had a friend who I worked with at that original job who she had her own clothing line. Her name is Lauren and her shop is Hexed. And I asked her if she would be open to sewing a few things, if I could find a way to get my illustrations printed on fabric. And at that time she was sewing swimwear and it was summer. And I was like, okay, let's make a bikini. (laughs) So it just kind of happened. And then she got so really successful and she was getting busy. So she wasn't really able to keep up with my stuff in addition to hers. So I was like, all right, I gotta find a way to sew bikinis (laughs) now. (laughs) So, I didn't want to kind of like people were starting to know me for bikinis. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to just switch it up on them because really you want people to think of you and think of the thing that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to be confused at what I do. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm just sticking with bikinis, but I'm going to be the best bikini maker ever. (laughs) There you go. And, you know, once I kind of like solidified that and became pretty good and efficient at that, I'm like, all right, like, what else can I make? No, I love that. And I think that that's one of the things that I feel like I've struggled with is like finding that one thing that I'm really good at because I feel like I just make a bunch of new things all the time, which like creatively, I just like I need to. I get so tired of making the same thing. But then at the same time, it's like really cool to be that brand that has that like one specific thing that you know you're going to get from them or like if you see it, you know, it's them. And I feel like I've yet to master that for myself. So I love that you like have done that because I think it's also difficult to do that. I feel like, I don't know, at least for me, like creatively, so hard to make the same thing over and over again. And I'm sure you have a million ideas that you want to do. 
that you just haven't because you you know want to make it so good and like that's hard that's so hard Yeah, it's, it's so hard. I'm a Sagittarius. My interests are everywhere. Like <laughs> I, I, I am obsessed with everything and I want to be really good at everything. Like sometimes I wish I were immortal so I could learn how to do everything. <laughs> But yeah, I think when you're one person and I think fashion school teaches you to make collections, right? Right, totally. That's a strength. That's not something that I have a strength in versus that is a strength for you. You can think really big picture right. and then hone it in. And how do I make this tangible one piece at a time? That takes a lot of work. Right. But as one person with, if I specialize in textile design and I have like five to 10 textile prints, okay, that's a lot of money already. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. I, different silhouettes on top of it. And then you try to be size inclusive on top of it. Girl, I could never afford to manufacture my stuff. <laughs> no, no, it gets so expensive. And I don't think people realize that at all. But it is super expensive to do multiple mm -hmm. pieces. Um, also, I want to like tap into the size inclusivity part of it, because I feel like you're one of the few swimwear brands specifically that kind of does that. And I feel like you do a really, really good job of it. A, at explaining the whole process, B, doing like fittings and kind of like sharing like, I don't want to say like the difficulties of it, but like, you know, the actual process of it. Because um, I think a lot of people just like don't realize how much work it is to actually do it all. Um, yeah. So what brought you to like want to do it? And how was that process for you, especially like being self-taught, like patterning it out and whatever? Like mm -hmm. it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, I'm a kind of all or nothing person, which me too. has helped me <laughs> a lot, but it also has been a struggle too. Mm -hmm. But I think it helps me because I'm like, I'm not making a clothing brand if I can't offer it to a wide range of people, mm -hmm. you know, I, so that was like hands down, like that had to happen or I wasn't going to do it. So um, luckily, when working with Lauren, she did made to measure options. And so that was just like a thing from the beginning. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, like, if I'm going to continue to do this, luckily, my brand was a very slow, you know, I didn't blow up overnight, like, tw right. I started in like 2018. And so I had time to like, make a bunch of mistakes, do so privately, not on the internet, because TikTok wasn't mm -hmm. around then. And like, just, you know, trial and error. So making a piece. So I always like make a piece for myself and just try to like understand how I want it to fit. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, if the fabric stretches this much, how I don't really know how to pattern if that makes sense like i'm yeah. just like i draw <laughs> so i'm like i approach it from a drawing standpoint i'm like okay if the fabric stretches this much and i like you know and the person's waist is this size and it needs to go down this much like i just kind of approach mm -hmm. it so i Listen, I feel like that's how i do it half the, like i technically did learn how to do pattern making for like one semester but I do not recall most of it in all honesty. I'm always like, it kind of just makes sense. It's like, if it's this specific measurement and then that specific measurement down, I'm like, I don't know. 
Yeah. And I think like, so the grading part was the part where I'm like, what even is grading? So um, what I would do was buy indie patterns, buy patterns from, you know, the thrift store, Joann's, and I would just look, I'd like start measuring different garments and like the, I guess the grade rule that they would do and just Mm -hmm. try to observe how different clothes, you know, like if it's graded, I don't know, like three eighths of an inch or something out. Right. And then just try to apply that to something that I patterned from scratch and see if it fits for my friend or um, if it proportionally works. Yeah, just a lot of trial and error. Like I've made stuff for people that I is embarrassing when they put it on. <laughs> Listen, that makes two of us. <laughs> like I've been there too. Obviously, I've never publicly like put that out there, but I've definitely messed up like grading and pattern making when it comes to special sizes. And I'm like, wow, this is really embarrassing. Love yeah. this. <laughs> but it's cool how like so many people are willing to help and oh yeah. Fit and try things on and um and then you just kind of end up with a pattern that like works and it's like i'm not totally sure why so that's, <laughs> right. why, that's like why the self-taught thing kind of confuses me because i it's like i can figure out how to get from point a to b but sometimes i don't always know why yes yeah i get that i feel like that's how i am with grading specifically because I, they don't teach you grading in like fashion school necessarily. Mm. Um, and I feel like for me, it was also just kind of like self-taught YouTube videos, observing, whatever. And I'm like, I do it, but I never tell people I know how to do it because I actually don't know how to do it. I just <laughs> think I know how to do it. And, another- and it's kind of worked. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's, that's like one of the reasons I, well, I learned that after the fact, like after self-taught that they don't teach that in fashion school. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what? And then they don't don't teach designing for plus size bodies in Mm -mm. fashion school. And so what I I learned, so I, another thing is observing other people's sizing charts. And because when you notice for like straight to plus sizes, there'll be a two inch to a four inch grade. And I'm talking about like stretchy fabric. I don't really know I haven't done the whole woven things much I'm experimenting with it right now mm-hmm. but um so like the size chart will switch from like maybe 22 or 24 to 26 inches and then when you get to I don't know maybe like a 4x mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the measurement that correlates with 4x but just mm-hmm. 50 to a 54 inch waist you right. know it goes from a two inch thing to a four inch yeah I've noticed that too. So that's also something I don't understand, but I also kind of do. Yes. No, I'm the same way. I have looked at a million size charts to figure out mine too. And I like notice that like as the sizes get bigger, there's like a bigger, even like between like, I think it starts at like an 18. It's like a, an inch and a half difference instead of an inch or like, just like starts slowly going up. And I'm like, does that make sense? Like, is that yeah. legit? <laughs> I don't know. Because you, I mean, it makes sense for stretchy garments. Right. Because, like, it could work, you know. Totally. But, um, because if you just grade it in two, like, I think an issue that a lot of straight size people or, like, straight size brands make is when they're 3X or maybe they're even, 
they say they go up to five X, right? But really, it's like a two X because they grade like their met their size chart doesn't correlate. Yes, yes. I don't know. Yeah, it gets so confusing. And I hate that there's not like a universal size chart either. Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. makes life easy. <laughs> yes. That was the hardest thing for me because I didn't realize that. I was like, is there a universal size right. chart? Right. Me too. Me too. And then I um I realized that the most important thing is that your size chart matches your measurements. Yes. So it doesn't totally I think consumers can get hung up on the size chart, but the tr- understandably so. Totally, yeah. But uh, sm- there's this brand called Smart Glamour. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really incredible with their size inclusivity and just like education um, <laughs> about designing for different bodies. And one of the things that they stress is that it's just important that your size chart is really accurate to your measurements. Mm-hmm. And, um, they go around and I think they actually measure clothes and they're like, this is like incorrect. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think like the worst thing you can do as a brand is have inconsistency with your sizing. Like there's so many brands that like, you know, jeans, like you could be like a size 25, but then also a 27 or like a 30 or whatever. And it's so like all over the place, which I don't even understand how it can be that off. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do think that's the most important part for sure. Yeah. And big brands too. I have a friend that works in lingerie for, I think, Walmart and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had a meeting and like, she was just saying how in the meeting, they were kind of, they were just like, they didn't care that their size chart didn't match. It's wild. Their actual sizes. (laughs) I can't imagine. I'm like, that just like makes people have to return things more often because they assume they're going to be a certain, like it just, isn't it worse for you for business wise, like to have to deal with that? Yeah, exactly. It's like more of an inconvenience. <laughs> totally. Yeah. How do you approach made to measure and um, designing for different bodies as what? someone who's went to fashion school? How did you learn that? Yeah, see, I the thing is, like, fashion school doesn't teach you that technically. Um, so I just kind of like approached it on like the well, it's like I know how to make things from scratch, like pattern making, you know, I have a good understanding of it. So I was like, I can just apply pattern making to those like other measurements. And I was like, I just it makes sense to be like, okay, if I've learned how to make a say like a torso pattern with a certain chest size and waist size, I'm like, okay, then just do that with a bigger chest size and waist size. But granted, there's obviously slight changes you do have to adjust when it does come to bigger sizes, which I've had to like slowly learn. But also, in all honesty, like I haven't had the chance to learn it too well because I don't really get that customer base like Mm -hmm. at all. I've maybe had like two to three like orders that were truly like plus size um that like worked out really well for me but I feel like I just really haven't had the opportunity to like actually be super hands-on about it which also like scares me because then I'm like the day it does come I'm like I'm not like fully prepared or like whatever and I haven't really done like any fittings per se with plus size uh, models or anything just because I don't have the like budget for that in full honesty you know so yeah. it's it's difficult to navigate that because sometimes I 
you know, will like preach about being size inclusive, but then I feel like I'm not because I haven't actually done that. But it's not because I don't want to. It's just like I haven't had the chance to. So it's kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, that's totally understandable. And I feel like it's not one of those things that it'll just happen to you. I feel like you have to go and just market yourself that way. And, and just like, you have to seek those customers. You can't right. wait for them to come to you because we're both street size. We're yeah. tiny. I'm we're like, I'm literally the most small you could possibly be. Like <laughs> literally, why? <laughs> same yeah. here. It's hard as an extra small person. Yeah. I'm like I make plus sizes. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I feel like so fake saying that I'm like, I, promise I will do my best to understand your body even though it looks like I definitely can't (laughs) yeah but it's funny like but that's where I think it's powerful because we don't pretend like we know the experience right which is like we will actually hire and work and use the people's voices um from that like platform and community yeah so yeah, like I don't claim to know how a plus size garment should fit. I just mm-hmm. work with a plus size fit model who tells me and I listen. Exactly. <laughs> so that it makes your job easier. And, um, you know, like if you ever do decide to go that route, you know, you could. And now that you live in LA, you have access to so many more. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank freaking God. Like, (laughs) that was like one of the things I wanted when I moved. I was like, I just need to be around people that could, A, help me or like, I don't know, just more people. Like, and, you know, I bet there's someone out there that would love a Natalia, like, handmade, beautiful cottage core garment (laughs) that you, like, if, if they will just um, be a fit model for you and help right. you work it out, you know? Yeah. So really, because I've done trades like that, and that's what helped me. Yeah, that's smart. Um, yeah, it's definitely helpful, but you just have to make sure it's like mutually beneficial. But right. a lot of people do um, in that community, like want their voices to be heard. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It makes so- sense. Yeah, I feel like the most I've learned about all that is just, like, listening to creators, like, on TikTok. I feel like I get a lot of videos just generally about fashion on TikTok, and it'll be a lot mm-hmm. of times about, like, people trying things on and be like, this is why it doesn't fit me, and I'm, like, a plus size. Like, it's like, hey, I need more room here. Or, like, you know, they'll, like, actually talk through it. I'm like, I'll just watch all that thoroughly to, like, really try to understand. But I feel like that's the uh-huh. main knowledge that I've gotten is just, like, listening to people being like okay like why didn't that work for you you know I love it and it's powerful because one from what I understand the plus size community is very like word of mouth recommendation based yes so it's really cool that as a straight size person we have access to that community totally to listen and hear people's perspectives on how it could be better and people want to like I mean I'm sure you know like TikTok Mm -hmm gets it's like the wild west <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and people will give you their p- opinions whether you want it or not and mm. but i found that you know i think it can have a negative connotation of people giving you their opinions yes i've received some of the best opinions and thoughts regarding fit and how i could be a better designer on that platform 
That's so good because it really does go both ways. And I think I've also had the experiences of both ends of it, like the really great, actual, helpful critiques and then the (laughs) not so nice critiques. Um, But it is good when you do hit those good critiques of people genuinely just wanting to help. Like, it's so nice. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, And I find it interesting, too, because... um, like you mentioned, you kind of have to design differently for plus size. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this with my fit model when I was designing a pair of jeans. Like, so I designed these jeans and I've I've kind of put them on the back burner for like to actually do the swimwear mm-hmm. season, but I'm getting back into it now. And my jeans, they fit, I believe when she was standing up but when she sat down or i think when she yeah when she sat down the shape because her body change changes Mm. when she stands up to sit so the pants didn't fit as well when she sat so she was like you know if there was an elastic waistband in the back and i know that not everyone loves that feature yeah i love it yeah (laughs) like she was saying that she really liked it and i've heard there's been discourse about like, should your straight size garment look exactly the same as the plus size garment, like, like made wise? Yeah. Like, yes, the fabric should be gathered, you know, the same and and draped Mm -hmm. the same, but should it technically be made the same from a straight to a plus size? And the common opinion and feedback that I've heard is, no, it doesn't have to be the same because plus size bodies are different. So why not add extra bonus features to this garment to make it more functional for this body type? Exactly. Which no, I, I like. think, yeah, it makes so much more sense, especially just like you want them to be comfortable in something. Like if they're not going to be comfortable sitting down in a pair of jeans, like why would you do that to them? Like nobody's going to want to buy that either. Like I wouldn't want to buy that. Are you kidding me? If they're uncomfortable, I'm not buying it. <laughs> like, yeah, jeans are already. Yeah, they're all. It is. Literally. So I'm like, I will take all the give. Like I love elastic garments for that reason too, even though I'm like literally not plus size or anything. But I'm like, even just like, because like throughout the like day, you just like blow and your body just like changes a little bit. I'm like, I love to have a little give just in case. Like nobody likes anything that's like, super tight to the skin anyway yeah I'll take elastic on my pants I love it I don't care if people (laughs) think it's cheap I think it's comfy (laughs) exactly yeah I think it can be done tastefully like having the right proportion Mm -hmm. elastic waistband is really important you know and like for a straight size to a plus size you're probably not going to use the same like elastic width yeah yeah because it might roll down right people with different bodies what would you tell people who like want to do the same thing that we're both doing, but they're also self-taught? Like, what are things that have helped you? Because I feel like I have a lot of people that are like, oh, I want to go to fashion school, but it's too expensive. I can't afford it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're fine. You can do without it. Like, it's totally fine. But obviously, I'm not the actual best person to say that because I did go to fashion school. So <laughs> um, what helped you or like what resources did you go to? Like what what's been the best for you? Well, I did an internship in 2013. Mm -hmm. It was a paid internship. She taught me how to sew. I made $10 an hour. It wasn't full time. I think it was maybe one or two days a week. And I did very simple things like hems, waistbands, learning how to cut stuff out, 
cutting stuff out is like you actually have to learn that that's kind of it's kind of funny but you things that you think would be simple you still have to learn so if possible learn with someone you know if that's not possible i wouldn't you know you can decide for yourself if you want to do a paid or unpaid internship um, i've done both <laughs> mm -hmm. i did i was like a tattoo apprentice at one point in time oh that's kind of fun <laughs> yeah i honestly learned how to draw better as a tattoo apprentice than i did going to art school so. i don't blame you you'd have to be so precise to do tattoos yeah so that's crazy <laughs> i did an unpaid thing with that that was very valuable for me but you know i get it i had to stop because i couldn't look I didn't have enough time to work three jobs and do a free tattoo apprentice anyways so that has been helpful learning from real people um but then i took a long break and then in 2018 i began again so what helped me then youtube learning just basic things on there learning that i would need a serger i think now we have TikTok. that's an amazing resource yeah yeah, all the DIYs on there. I didn't really use books, so I don't have any book recommendations. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people ask me, like, what are great pattern making books? I'm like, I've never used one in my life. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm literally so impatient and thirsty. I, yeah. Yep. For me, um, when you get the urge to make something, do it. Mess up. Use your seam ripper stop and start again like make mess up because um what is that saying where it's like practice doesn't make perfection it makes progress mm, yes that's good so just don't be afraid to mess up go by patterns learn how to make stuff from patterns learn how to intuitively make things from your mind that's something i really struggle with is like if i see a garment i really have trouble deconstructing it in my mind mm. but it's just a muscle so you just have to practice yeah um practice making stuff for friends carry around a soft tape measure ask your friends to measure their whole body <laughs> if they will <laughs> let you <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and like, just make stuff for them because I feel like the more measurements you have, the more likely you are to get the garment correct. Right. Don't just get a waist and hip measurement, get the whole gusset, front rise, back rise. Right. Get, you know, like learning to make pattern blocks would probably be helpful, which yeah. is really that concept. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that that's a lot of different things. And I'm sure somebody will like one of those options. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of just trial and error at the end of the day. Even as somebody who went to yeah. fashion school, I feel like I'm still just trial and error on most things that I do. So my yeah, my biggest tip is just don't be afraid to make mistakes or, or mess up. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're awful and never going to be good. I did... I um, almost got a job at an alteration shop. I decided it didn't work with my schedule, but I went and apprenticed for a few days to see if I liked it. Mm -hmm. The ladies were so sweet and I had never used an industrial machine before. Ooh. It was right before I got mine. And she was like, do not be upset if you make a mistake. 
a seamstress or a sewist is only as good as the mistakes that they fix. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, very wise. Yeah, I love that. I feel like, yeah, we all, I feel like everybody makes so many mistakes when you're first starting out sewing. And even like when you're years into it, I make mistakes all the freaking time still. Um, and it's so like disheartening to have to make them and like rip them out and like fix it. But at the end of the yeah. day, that's just like how it goes. Like even the best of the best probably seam rip, you know? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what she said. And that's some of, I feel like a fear of seam ripping keeps me from, keeps me standing in my tracks and keeps me from moving forward. Yeah. Honestly, same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is the worst. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Give us like, you know, all your links where people can find you. Uh, my Instagram is Coco Clem Shop, as well as my TikTok. I just started a YouTube. Ooh. <laughs> I think it's Coco Clem. <laughs> I will link it. Don't worry. <laughs> Perfect. Well, any any last words, last advice, anything you want to give people? Yeah, just don't give up. Um, <laughs> and thank you for having me. Thanks. It was so great getting to talk to you finally. Of course. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah, yes. I think you're amazing. <laughs> thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.